another day, another dollar makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream. Spirit Go with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world and the changing times, the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, dictated. It's almost always the case from my uh, personal mobile studio, uh, which is my 2006 Jetta Diesel TDI as I make my commute of about 50 miles this morning of Friday, February 5th, between Arlington and Frisco, Texas, Broadcasting Survival Podcast, episode 136, I believe is where we're at now. And uh, today we have a few things to talk about. The first thing I want to do is, uh, I told you guys I was giving away a couple slings, so I'm going to go ahead and knock that out right at the very beginning of this show. Uh, this is the Listener Appreciation Contest. You must have entered to play. If you did not enter yet, you must go to the survivalpodcast.com and enter. And on your honor, agree to tell other people about the show before you can play. Once you've done that, you can then play on days like today. This is where I give away prizes. Today we are giving away two tactical two-point slings from John Willis uh, at SOE Tactical Gear. These are black bungee slings. They are probably the most comfortable sling I've ever used on a sporting rifle. They're exceptional for use on a tactical rifle as well. In fact, that's what they're designed for. Um, I've actually stated in a review that's on the site that I will never use another sling on my sporting rifles when hunting hard again after using it one time for hunting squirrels. Uh, Chasing dogs, nonetheless. So, these are a great product, and John's been a good sponsor of the show. He's been a good sponsor of the contest. And uh, today you can win. The way you win is if you're already in the game. You send an email. You send the email to jack at the survivalpodcast.com. Again, I'm going to give that email one more time, jack at the survivalpodcast.com. If you go to the site and use the contact form, it will not count. You must send it to that email address. You will put a code word in the subject line. There will be nothing in the subject line except the code word. Any additions or subtractions from the code word I'm about to give you will result in disqualification. You will send one email, not 20. If you send multiple emails, you will be disqualified. All right. In the body of the email, you'll give me your name and the email address you registered at the contest with so I can verify you if you are a winner as truly being in the contest. You will also include your shipping address. Uh, I'm tired of trying to get a hold of people that don't bother to include their shipping address in their entries and then having Yahoo spam filter or whatever block it. And it seems like every time somebody wins from Yahoo, for some reason, when I send them an email saying you won, it goes in their bulk mail folder and they never find it, and I have to give it away to somebody else. So you will also include your shipping address in the body of the email where you've entered, or you will be disqualified. And I will give away a sling to Respondent 20 and Respondent 70 today. 20 and 70 will win a sling. I will notify you that you've won as soon as I receive your entry. 20 and 70 again. The code word in the subject line is rifle sling. Two words, rifle, sling, nothing else. Okay, so that knocks out the contest. Let's not try to spend too much time there. Let's move on to what we've got to talk about. Uh, There's a couple things I want to talk about, some things I did earlier this week as I get past this guy that doesn't believe in mufflers. Um, I 
I did a show on fishing this week. It went really long, like 50 minutes. And one of the things that I recommended in it is a very old fishing reel, as I slow down for a cop running radar now, uh, a very old fishing reel uh, called the Mitchell 300. And I was talking about the original Mitchell 300s that were made in the 50s and 60s that were made in France. Somebody sent me an email and said, hey, I was just at the sporting goods store, some store, I didn't recognize the name, must be a regional store, and I saw a Mitchell 300 XE brand new on the shelf for about 40 bucks. Is this what you're talking about? The answer is not only no, but hell no. Okay? Um, when it comes to uh, spinning reels, to me, the, uh, we reached a peak of something that would last a lifetime with the Mitchell 300, which was also the first real spinning reel ever made. All right? And uh, these things, again, were made in the 50s and 60s. By the 70s, they had moved production to Taiwan. They were still kind of okay when they were still doing the original design, but it was kind of downhill from there. And today, uh, a Mitchell 300XE is very equivalent to a $40 Garcia or Shimano or any other of these reels that are made in China or Hong Kong or Taiwan. All right? And that's what that's what the modern reels are. Now, a Mitchell 300XE is not a bad reel. It's not a great reel. It's a mid-priced, decent modern spinning reel made in uh, the, the Far East with cheap labor and cheap parts and lots of plastic. That's And that's what you get when you pay 40 bucks today for a spinning reel. On the other hand, uh, these beat-up old Mitchell 300s that are 45 years old that I got from eBay that are just starting to come in now. I bought them all actually while I was watching the halftime show at the Super Bowl, and um, some of them are a little bit rough, and I've had to take them apart and re-grease them and maybe lube them up a little bit and tighten some screws and some bales, uh, but they actually function flawlessly, and they're 40, 50 years old, and you can tell that they've been used hard, they were fished with hard, and that just, you know, I, I, I don't know of any other reels that are that old that are available. Like I said, I've been able to find them for well under 20 bucks. Now, I'll tell you, you're talking about older equipment, uh, so if you're buying these things off of eBay, uh, probably put, I'm still buying some, so I'm probably pushing my own bids up right now, uh, you're not getting something that's brand new, and you're going to have to put some effort into it. If you're not a little bit mechanically inclined, and you're going to be afraid to take them apart and things like that, they may not be an avenue for you. That said, I found a guy up in Canada, so you have to pay shipping to Canada and back, which is not that bad from the U.S., you have to mark your box right so it doesn't get seized by customs, that it's being sent and returned for repairs. Uh, but they'll completely rebuild a Mitchell 300 for about 20 bucks. And if I bought one for 20 on eBay and had it rebuilt for 20 by this guy, uh, even with shipping, if I had 50 or 60 bucks into one of these, I would feel a lot better about that reel than I would putting $40 into a Mitchell 300 XT or any other $39.99 reel sitting on shelves today. I really wish that someone would look at the way these reels were built in the 60s and start building them that way again uh, without little pieces of plastic holding the bale on the reel and other other, other nonsense like that. Uh, absolutely phenomenal piece of engineering. So that wraps up something from earlier in the week. Uh, 
Another thing that I had was someone on the blog yesterday commenting when I was talking about the stimulus bill. And I ended up not letting her comment through. And here's the reason. So I want to, if you want your comments seen on the blog, there's two things, or actually two things they have to be, and one thing they cannot be. And this thing didn't need the two things they have to be. One, that has to be coherent. Somebody reading it has to understand what the heck you're saying. Alright? And what I mean by that is, if you don't use commas and periods, and you just kind of connect one phrase to another to another sentence with no transitions, and it just reads like one long line of texting or something that, that ends up going, you know, forever, and none of the things actually join in together, and, and I read it and I go, huh? I'm not letting it through. Because it's not useful. Alright? And then the other thing is just a little piece of advice, and I won't necessarily not let it through, but please, when you're commenting, learn to use the return key. Uh, people, if you put a thousand words of text with no breaks in it, no paragraph breaks, even if you're writing legible and coherent with punctuation, it's very difficult to read in the comment section of not my blog, but any blog. And if it's like that, I've cleaned a few of them up for you guys. I've gone in and thrown some returns in and, and, and you know, put some spacing in so people could understand what the heck you're saying. Because I read it and went, well, I understand it, I just can't read it very well. So those are the two things this thing was not. Alright? The other thing they can't be is they can't be hate speech or linking to any kind of like hate sites or anything like that. Otherwise, you can descend with me all you want. The one point that I got out of this rambling nonsense though from this person, who I don't think listened to the show, I think they only read the show notes, was that one, when Nancy Pelosi said 500 million Americans were going to lose jobs, uh, that, that she misspoke and that I made it like she was actually exaggerating that way. And if you listen to the show yesterday, I did make it like she uh, didn't misspeak. I said, yeah, of course she misspoke, but she did it twice. And what I said is that tells you what these people are doing. They're trying to scare us. That's the reason I'm talking about this. We're going to talk a little bit about the stimulus bill today as, as well and what's going on there. But the other thing was that I need to keep everything positive. That You might as well be tuning into Limbaugh if you're listening to this. Okay, well, if, if anybody thinks that way, first of all, I'm not keeping everything positive here. I have no desire to keep everything positive here because sometimes I talk about the jackasses that are raping our country right now. The fascism that's in, in, infiltrated our government, all right, and it's not in the form of Barack Obama. It's Barack Obama, it's George Bush, all right, it's the two of them. If you look at this stimulus bill, the spendulous bill, as uh, Mark Levin's calling it, if you look at that, and you look at what Bush proposed as he left office, then the same damn thing. This bill isn't even Barack Obama's bill. George Bush proposed a 700 to $800 billion spending package to stimulate the economy. Now, it's true that the Democrats grabbed it and they put all their pork in it, but the number came from Bush. 
Hey, I said this as things were going out. Bush and Obama seem to agree about everything after the election. There's an agenda going on here. Now, I don't think it's the nefarious, we're all going to die, be led to the red line and blue line train stations and exterminated and buried in FEMA coffins agenda. I think it's a much more open agenda. It's an agenda to take away control of private life and put it in the hands of the government. And I've been talking a lot this week about the fact that this stimulus bill is going to happen. By the time it's all over, with, we're probably talking about a trillion dollars. The Senate has now jacked it up over to over $900 billion. But now they're talking about pulling it back down and cutting wasted spending in it down to about $800 billion. That's probably what's going to happen. Now, once you appropriate $800 billion, it's easy to add $200 billion to it down the road. As this program goes short, and this program goes short, and a little short up here, so it's still going to be a trillion dollars. Maybe they'll pare it down to like $790 billion or something like that and go, oh, see, we cut it from, and, and that's why they pushed it up over $900 billion, so they could cut it back down. But what have they been doing while all this crap's going on? They keep trying to misdirect us. And they're getting pissed off, people, so keep calling your senators. I asked you to do it last week. I said, keep doing it till this thing gets voted on. Call them and tell them what you think. And you know what? They're getting pissed off that people are calling them. So now, call them twice a day. Call them three times a day. All right. Call once as yourself, and if your wife agrees with you, but she doesn't like to make the phone call, change your voice and call back and pretend to be your wife. Call, call, call. Shut the freaking switchboards down like people did with that crappy immigration bill from a few years back. And they're still going to do it. You're not going to stop it. But like I said, I want you to go down swinging on this one. I want you to be heard. And then after they pass this pile of shit, and that's what it is, I want you to sit back and I want you to realize that everything I told you that was going to happen did. Because I want you to trust what I'm saying about how you have to approach government going forward. We've turned a corner with government. And it happened through, starting with the Bush senior years, right through the Clinton years, Bush, you know, Bush junior years, and it's going headfast with a hockey stick effect into Barack Obama years. And notice there's two Republicans in there and two Democrats. This is not a partisan statement, but we have now turned a corner in government. And what we've turned a corner in government is where there really is no opposition between the parties anymore. It's all talk, it's all spin. It's not real. So here's what's going to happen. After this is over, you're going to see this gang of 18 Republicans and one Democrat come out of the Senate chamber with their old gray sweaty hair about how they hammered out and they got rid of a bunch of the pork. All right? And uh, they're still not happy with the bill. Still not happy. But they believe they've reached a compromise. And even though some of them are still voting against it, that it's going to pass, and it's the best they could do for the American people. And then both sides are going to turn to us and sell us on how great this thing is. And then if you go back and you look where the money is going, you're going to see that a lot of the nonsense is still there. And eventually you're going to realize that even though there's billions that's supposed to be allocated just to tell us where the money went, that no one's going to be able to tell you where the money went, who has it, or how we're measuring success and failure. And you're going to realize that it was all nonsense and it was always going to pass. And we were never going to put sod down at the National Mall with a stimulus bill. 
But we were going to put nonsense in there like that so that some people could feel vindicated that that was pulled out. And on the other side of the equation, while all this is going on, we have this executive compensation limits, TARP funds. If you took money from the government, billions of dollars to bail out Citibank, right, then Citibank executives have to cap their pay at $500,000. Something I told you yesterday is absolutely true. And that is that the law they passed has no teeth and no claws. There is no penalty if they take the money and do it anyway. It doesn't say they have to give the money back. It doesn't say who enforces it. It just says you can't do it. So why do we think that maybe the Citibank guy, if he needs some more money, wouldn't cut his salary to five hundred grand, wait a few months, and then wait till everybody's worried about something else and just jack it up when there's nothing anybody can do about it? Of course they will. Now here's what makes it worse. Here's what makes it this I didn't know yesterday, I found this out today, I wanted to bring it to your attention. The limits are not retroactive. We've already paid about three hundred billion or four hundred billion out directly from TARP. The Fed has pumped in about three to four trillion that they won't even tell us where it went through back doors into financial institutions. Three to four trillion. You just look at the the money supply and you see where that money went in, but they won't tell us where it went, how they're managing it, what effect it's having, what's been done with it. There's still a lawsuit from Forbes magazine against the Federal Reserve that isn't going anywhere because they're the Federal Reserve. Where'd the money go? We're not disclosing it. So so that's an even bigger hunk of money that there's no restrictions on. But let's just look at the, like, $76 billion that we gave Citigroup. Because, like I said, they have so much debt that they can't pay because of bad credit card debt. More than mortgages. That's where Citibank's in trouble. Called that one before it happened. Citibank doesn't have to adhere to the law that has no penalty or teeth anyway. That's right. The $300 billion that's already come out of TARP, $350 billion that's already come out of TARP, not retroactive. So anybody that took that money is free to do whatever they like with their compensation, even though there were supposedly compensation limits and golden parachute limits and bonus limits in the first version of the bill. The first TARP appropriations. Remember, they misdirected us with that. So all you're seeing is misdirection. But there's something more insidious at work here. And if this thing yesterday did not occur, I would call this a tinfoil hat subject. But when something is uttered in the halls of government by a powerful member of our government that, government that actually has the power to get things done and to influence law and to cause things to happen. And I believe this individual is the single biggest individual responsible for the housing meltdown with Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. And his name is Barney Frank. Barney Frank, okay, as he calls himself. Barney Frank said yesterday that eventually these restrictions on executive pay may need to apply not just to executives in the banking industry who have taken TARP funds, but possibly all executives in the banking industry. That should send a shiver right up your spine. It's going to get worse. But I want you to think about it just halfway first, how bad that is. So in other words, if I am Joe of Joe's bank, and I, I ran my bank right, 
and I didn't take any tar money, and my bank is profitable, and I only loan to people that I should have loaned to, and I did everything I was supposed to do, and I've been a great CEO, and I kept my bank out of this mess, and my banks agreed to pay me $3 million a year. Barney Frank saying, you know what, we may need to limit your compensation, Joe, of Joe's bank as well. But I didn't take your money. It doesn't matter. This is a banking sector. It's America. Now, that's not socialism. That's flat-out communism, folks. But it gets worse. Senator Frank then went on to say, in fact, we may have to look at limiting executive compensation for all companies in America. A United States senator that is the chairman of major committees that has had a greater influence on the financial disaster in this country than any individual president has just stated that it may be necessary for the government to act to restrict the compensation of executives at all companies in the United States. This is not going to obviously happen tomorrow. There, this would cause you know cries of bloody murder. But it's the first swing. And a lot of things that have happened in the past 20 years started with a statement 40, 50 years ago. This is where we're headed. And I want you right now to grab a hold of the fact that this is where we're headed. That none of these guys are on your side. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care who you vote for. Right now, if you're going to control your own destiny, you're going to have to stop being freaking led around the nose by the liberal agenda at Fox News, or by the conservative agenda, if you want to call that, or I mean the conservative agenda at Fox News, or the liberal agenda over at CNN. And you're going to have to realize that the agenda is the same. That the people playing the game, the executives at Fox and the executives at CN, they think they're fighting a fight, but it's only because they are as blind as most people. They are in bed with their side of the government, both of them. And it's absolutely appalling. The, the news has gone away from reporting the facts and holding everybody to a high standard and become a cheering match for one side or the other. You're going to see these massive approval numbers for Barack Obama begin to decay. You're going to see the Rush Limbaugh's of the world ratchet up the band. And you're going to see a very tough battle on Capitol Hill for Senate seats and House seats and a big pullback toward the Republican Party in two years. And what I don't want you to do is cry if you're a Democrat or cheer if you're a Republican. I want you to realize it doesn't freaking matter. I want you to understand at this point, the only thing that we can do as a people when it comes to our government is, yeah, you go ahead and you vote for the best guy you think you can find for the job, but you understand that the system has been so manipulated at this point that these guys are out for themselves and not for you. And the only thing you have in your you know, basket, so to speak, to fight back is the threat of taking their jobs away and sending their ass out to work a real job. So the threat of voting for whoever the other guy is, no matter who's in office, is the only thing we have left right now. Now, that tide might turn, but right now, you can't bet on that anymore. You have to stop thinking that way.
You have to get out of that game. You have to get out of that game in your head, and you have to get out of that game in your life. And you have to start looking out for you, your family, those you care about around you, and your neighborhood, and in that order. It is not selfish to put yourself first when it comes to taking care of yourself from an emotional, physical standpoint. If you do not survive, you cannot take care of your family. So you have to put a priority on taking care of yourself. This is not going out and buying yourself new stuff because you actually have to take care of yourself. This is a fundamental realization. You have to keep yourself alive. You have to think about what you're doing. You have to make the right decisions with your employment. If it looks like your company is going to go broke and you can move to a company that's not going to go broke, you make the move while it's under your control. If you think you can do better right now by moving out into the country, setting up a small, tiny business, and living on next to nothing, then that's what you do. You do what makes the most sense for you, and you take your family with you. You might have to sell it to them, but that's what you do. You have to understand that no matter what they do up there, that there is a limit to how much influence they really have over your life. They can pass national health care. You can still work the system if you have to. And hopefully you can stay out of it by taking good care of yourself. They can screw our economy to hell. But you don't need what they've told you you need. You don't need a 3,000 square foot, 5 bedroom house in the suburbs. And that is not all you can find. That is not the bottom of the market. You don't need to live in a trendy freaking area, America. You need to start realizing that our destiny is based on our past and our past was based on people that believed in themselves before the government. You have to understand that we have given away so much of what has made us who we are. And that it's time to start reclaiming it, and you will not reclaim it at the ballot box, at least not yet. America is not ready. America is not ready for a revolution with votes or with guns or anything in between yet. Our numbers are too few. There will come a day when Americans will snap out. There will come a day when America finally realizes the government has become a bully, big, fat kid with his hand constantly in the cookie jar and finally smack the hand back. And say to the government, you are accountable to us. Those numbers are growing, but they are not sufficient yet to matter. We will reject, we will continue to reject real politicians that could really make a difference. Every politician that stands up in the next probably 10 years and says, we are spending too much, I want to cut taxes, I want to cut spending, I want to cut everything. That's that's running for any office that actually has the power to do anything will be rejected by the voters. There'll be the occasional aberration like a Ron Paul, and most of the people voting for him don't even know what they're voting for down there in Galveston. He's the incumbent. Yeah, everything's cool here. It's the island. There'll be that occasional person. That guy's been in office for years, and he's one man, and this one man, he can do very little. When he ran for president, flat out rejected. Bashed by the media. Bashed by the conservative media that should have embraced him. Today, they're all kissing his ass. They're kissing his ass about the economy, because it makes their stories about the economy more interesting. 
but they sure as hell aren't talking to him with the respect he deserves for what he pointed out was going to happen. And they sure aren't saying, we need a leader like this. And every leader that stands up like that in the near future is going to be rejected. You're going to have to accept that. That sounds like a pretty down message, doesn't it? It's not a down message. The fact that there will be people that will stand up and say it and swing for the fence, you get behind them when they do. Just don't lose heart when America turns their back on them. Because your fellow Americans have been brainwashed and led into a point of myopic vision where they either see the left or the right of every issue. And they believe I have to stand firm on my beliefs on these issues. And they don't realize that most Americans would do just fine if they were allowed to sort the freaking issues out for themselves. You don't want that done? Fine. You don't do it. You want to do that? You go do it. The two of you stay the hell away from each other, leave each other alone, and live your own lives. It's the way you run a high school. You want to play you want to play ball and you want to go over here and run on your skateboard and you guys don't get along you stay the hell away from each other you don't infringe on each other's rights and if you do you're going to detention how freaking simple a system is that but we've turned our nation into a nation of law and we've actually sold the American people that the nation of laws is a good thing. This nation didn't used to be a nation of law. It was a nation of liberty. Law was accepted, but it was only accepted woefully. And it was accepted with great skepticism. Every time there was going to be a new law, everybody looked at it and went, I don't know about this. Why are we doing this? No one would stand up. In 1820, you say, there ought to be a law. No one did that. Not from the normal American people. They would say, Congress is talking about a new law. According to Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, I'm not sure if this law is legal. What do you think, Tom? And these were country folk. They spoke that way. They looked at everything the government did that way. And I want you to begin to do that. But I want you to accept that you're going to be a big minority for now. And I want you to start focusing on the things that you can do that matter. I want you to go back to the fundamentals that we talk about on this show all the time. I want you to store food. I want you to eliminate debt. I want you to cut your spending. Don't sit around and tell the government the government needs to cut their spending and you don't run your own household that way. When there's enough of us that are prospering, people will turn. People will begin to see there is a better way. People will begin to be inspired. When people look and they go, you know, this gun nut that supposedly doesn't care about the economy, well, he's the one that's got, well, first of all, he's eating good every night. He's got no debt. And and as far as eco, he's the one with the solar panels on his roof and a windmill in his backyard. And he's the one growing, growing food. That's going on right now, but there's not enough of us. We need to be seen. Not heard, seen. Your actions will always speak louder than your words. What are you doing? What are you doing right now in your life to make yourself more independent from the system? You see, the system is a two-edged sword for those that utilize it. 
corrupted, those that create it, and those that use it to enslave people. The system will only work for them as a weapon as long as people are dependent upon it. That's why their every move today is to create greater dependence. The more dependence they create, the greater the power of the system. The more people that look at the system and go, yeah, wonderful, I don't need it the less power it has. You'd think it would have more because there'd be less of a drain on it, so there would be more people that they could manipulate that are still in it. You could manipulate them further. More dollars per headcount. But it doesn't work that way. Because as people begin to opt out of the system, their contribution to it goes down as well. The way to rebel in this country isn't with a ballot box. And it isn't with a rifle. The ballot box is a fool's errand, and the rifle is a sentence to death. Now, maybe a situation will change. Maybe it will be a time for the American people to take up arms, to defend ourselves. I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm saying that marching on Washington with an armed force to take over the government is going to get everybody that does it dead very, very quickly. But the way to revolt successfully is through actions, deeds, and independence. Declare your individual independence today. Our nation said that they were declaring an independence on July 4th. Make today your individual independence day. Declare your independence from the government. Remember the old TV shows of a man that would stand up in front of his family and say, we're not taking charity. Don't take any charity. Don't take any form of government assistance. Refuse it. If they send it to you, send it back. I mean it. Take none. Zero. You don't want any. Now, if you're disabled and you're being paid disability, if you're unemployed, you're getting unemployment, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. No welfare. Don't take it. No WIC. Don't take it. No national health care. Don't take it. Make do. Figure it out. You have the ability. If you take it, you give it power. You strengthen it. And every time one person takes this thing from the government, whatever it is, the government becomes more powerful. It becomes the beast. And I don't even say that in a biblical sense. For some of you, that's what it will be. For me, it's simply, it's too much power in one place. It's too much authority in one place. It is anti-American to have a government the way that we have right now. This is not the foundation of our country. But you, you the individual, can take it back. You take it back by denying it. You take it back by figuring out how to live on as little as possible. Saving as much as you can. And eventually working less. The more independent individual families we create. Completely independent. Independent of the electrical grid. I'm going that far, yes. Independent of the transportation system. Able to subsist on their local economies. Able to stand up to the government and say, we don't want it. I don't care what you're selling. We don't want it. We don't need it. Go away. Why do you think they come down on these religious cults so hard? Because most of them, that's exactly what they've done. They've said, we don't need you. Leave us alone. We bought our 300 acres in the middle of the desert. Go away. We're not bothering society. Get away from us. And those of you that will say that kids are, if children are abused, then you have to step in as a society, yes. But most of these people are not abusing children. 
Most of these people, if you went in and asked their children, do you want to come out? They would say no. They've created their own independence. And I'm not saying we should all band together in a cult. I'm saying we should start to loosely confederate with our neighbors. All of us should declare our independence. You folks that you live in these states that are talking about succession, don't wait for your states to succeed. Texas, Montana, Alaska, you succeed. Declare today your day of succession. Now, those clouds are still accountable to you even though you've succeeded. Because they're still taking your money. So as long as they're taking your money, they're your employee. But they're your employee. They are not your lord. They are not your governor. They are your employee. And you will treat them like an employee. And you will stand as an individual. I want you to make that mental shift right now, this second. I don't care what you do physically. If you make the mental shift, the physical actions will follow. And I know today's show you might be going, Jack, this is a little out, you know, maybe even foil hat world. It's not foil hat. It's a statement. It is I, Jack Spirico, declare my independence as an individual from the systems of government created without my consent. And I hereby state equivocally that the members of our government are my employees because they are employed with my money and my effort. They are accountable to me. I will live by the law of the land that I stand in but I will not acknowledge the support systems from the government behind it. I will make myself completely 100% independent in any way, shape, or form that I can from the system. And I will deny the right of government to infringe upon my freedom. Period. That is the most American thing any individual can say. And it's going to take 50 million of us. And there's about 4,000 of you out there right now that listen to me. And only half of you are going to be willing to do it. But from a tiny seed, a great plant or a great tree can grow. So be that seed. Start small. Think big. That's where we're going to go with this. We are going to take our nation back. And I've heard people say when I said, take our nation back. like, well, who are we taking it back from? Who the frick do you think we're taking it back from? All right, do the Canadians invade us? You idiot. Anybody that ever tells you that, do not even answer them. Here's a Bible quote for you. Don't cast your pearls among swine. When somebody says something like that to you, they're either ignorant or an ostrich. And they're not ready to be educated. And they're talking like a man. As my father used to say, and this will offend some of you, but I'm sorry. When somebody says that, you're talking like a man with a paper asshole. No ability to hold back your shit. We're taking our country back one family at a time, and it starts today, and it starts with you. This has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Today's not about how to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today's been about how to live a more independent life no matter what the system brings. You can scream and you can holler It really doesn't matter cause it all gets spent